Welcome to Six in the Mix. In episode 36, we discuss the week that was Russia, the initials game, and our second episode focusing on eschatology and the end times in Fix Your Eyes. Welcome to Six in the Mix. A band of brothers talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Join us on our journey. Welcome to episode 36 of Six in the Mix. As a reminder, please drop comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, Six in the Mix Podcast, or on our Twitter page at Six in the Mix Pod and find our videos on YouTube. So, gentlemen, let's start off with the week that was. Uh, sad story, the Miami condo collapse. Um, Derek Chauvin is sentenced. Uh, is it time to stick a fork in the twins? That hurts me to say uh biden flip-flops more than fauci is that even possible and vp harris finds the border for a day what do you guys want to talk about <laughs> for a day was it for, a, a few minutes for a day on the way yeah what are we talking about i mean she was off to la after that yes. wasn't she that's it that I LA's get, calling yep i didn't right. get the whole story there fill us in a little bit because i'm a little i'm a little behind on the times here she flew down to the border met with agents for i don't know how long and then takes off to la what what was the what was the la thing uh, she's been there multiple times uh home away from home that's that's where she kind of lives so um more important things she yeah, says just, she's she's been to the border. She is, she keeps saying we've been there. So why do why does she have to keep going there? That's the question. She needed to save face because uh, Trump Trump was going there, right? Is that the whole? Uh, that's what Trump was claiming credit for the, the trip, <laughs> the Harris trip. Right, right. And I, I think when she says we've been to the border, it's the royal we. So she's got people that work for her who have been to the border. But it, I think this really is her first trip. So did hey, any you guys see, hold on i don't want to interrupt but did any of you guys see that that it was a it was a reporter i think it was from cbs or nbc and i forget the guy's name he asked her have you been to the border and something like well i i don't understand your question she's dancing all around it and i haven't been to europe either kind of stuff come <laughs> on yeah you're only tasked with like solving this problem and you know Three months in, you're like, yeah, you might want to take a day trip. <laughs> oh, special. <laughs> well, yeah, LA, there's a lot more to do in LA anyway. I'd probably rather be in LA myself. So we, we seem to have a, uh, a Harris apologist here. <laughs> hey, thanks for speaking up on, on her behalf, Ryan. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, I mean, I, I still can't believe that, that Chauvin did what he did to George Floyd. So I'm just trying to think through the possibilities, like what, what could be going through somebody's mind in a situation like this. So I, I don't know. I don't know why she's not down there. It is, is she the border czar right now? Or is she just the one who's going to solve the problem or what's her title? Uh, the root cause mama. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, li I like that. I like that. Yeah. How many times does she say root cause? I mean, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? To everybody else in the entire world, what root causes are, but she's got to go find them. I think did, did a reporter ask her, did somebody maybe, you know, online or something, ask her, what about the root cause for all the, the murders that are happening within our, our borders in our cities and our major cities that we can't figure out, you know, what, what, what about that? You know, 
we're trying to it's uh it's it's a bit convoluted so yeah a bit convoluted but um we're in good hands we got a stellar vp and a stellar p so we're good yeah what uh, i mean he he made uh, he did he did some coke he did some collaboration with the republicans got you know got some agreement he reached across the aisle and then said eh, i'm not gonna sign this unless you give me really what i want in the beginning and then he walks it back isn't that 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 was just a bit it's a bit wild like his handler's got to be like, why do we got to rewrite this thing all the time? <laughs> this guy's trying, he's just going off the cuff. He's, he's a wild, he's a wild cowboy. Oh. What, what, what is he allowed to say during press conferences? Why is he always talking about, I'm going to be in trouble if I answer this question or I, I can't be out here much longer. I, I have never seen that in a president. You know why he whispers, right? He's slowly to avoid that trouble he gets into. He gets, we're not going to tell anybody this, but. <laughs> Oh, that was hilarious. I cannot believe what he did. That was so funny. So funny. What's the likelihood he has something in his ear? Is 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 that a real thing or is that just uh if he's got something in his ear, if he's he, he's no not way. yeah, he doesn't he doesn't cognitively realize he has something in his ear. He can't hear his he can't hear his own head, let alone somebody else, you know, chirping in there. because you'd be like, he'd be like, Wait, what? Yeah, he's, he's starting to hear voices in his head. He'd be really Wait, there's words in front of me and there's words in my ear. What do I what do I do? Putin's not my friend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, man. Oh, man. Those were the best. I love the come on man. Those are those are my favorite statements from Oh, him. and they're still happening too. I mean, yeah. he's, he's still come on manning. It's it's unbelievable. Classic. If, if he can do a come on man every day, I might vote for him in 2024. Hey, you got another come on man coming in just a little bit. So just <laughs> hold on, Brian. Hold on. All right. All right. Did you guys feel the uh, Chauvin sentence was uh, was good? Did the judge do a good job picking the, the number of years? I think he was in a tough spot no matter what. I didn't even know how many years did they, did they actually um, sentence him with. I believe it's around 22, yeah. 22? What was the max? 40. Okay. 40. So a little over half. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I think, did you see the uh, statement he made? It was a little cryptic, I felt. I don't oh, know. The what Chauvin that ones? Yeah. No, I, if, if somebody could find it, I did not. I was, I, you know, I didn't look obviously very hard for it, but yeah, I heard it was kind of weird. Uh, I thought, I, th I think he said something to the family, but I, I didn't hear no. it verbatim. So yeah, he said something to the, you know, he said he, you know, apologized to the family and, you know, whatever. And then he says, I think there's going to be more information coming out that'll help you, help you. I don't know what that meant. So yeah, not, but I don't know what, what that means. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know if that's anything or, or, or what, but we'll well, see. It, does, it doesn't matter what comes out of his mouth. I mean, the, 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 the scenario that he put himself in and really the country and world, I guess, um, He's got to just be, he's got to have the weight of weight of all that on his shoulders and to be guilty of these things and to be in prison and to have all this and try to, you know, somehow either, either make an appeal for a, some type of, um, you know, retrial or something like that. I mean, he is, you talk about an emotional basket case. He must be right now. Just it's, I'm sure, uh, sad and sick and all kinds of things, but yeah, 22 years is a long time to sit in jail and to, or prison and think about 
um, an act, uh, no, no matter what, 22 years, that is a long time. Wow. Yeah, it was 40 maximum. And I heard early on, potentially because he's never been in trouble before, he could have gotten as little as 12 years, maybe. But oh, wow. they, they ended up doing 22. Don, did you hear the rationale? Was it because it was such an egregious thing as a police officer? It, it, was that kind of the thinking? Did you hear about that? Or? I did not hear, no. I did not hear anything about I, it. I think it had to do, I heard, I was reading a little bit on it, I think because children were present. Mm -hmm. um and and actually witnessed that and actually there you know some of their voices were on the tape trying to reach out to him so i think mm -hmm. you know, kind of who's surrounding the 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 incident or the the crime uh, okay. as well played into it yeah. gotcha yeah yep. yeah i i think that's probably a a fair, fair sentence again i i know several podcasts ago i was trying to figure out you know what what could have caused him to do that i mean that that move he had on george floyd i think he was trained that way but he just seemed to almost go into this i don't care phase um and so and like i said back then i wasn't at the trial so i i, I don't know what's right what's wrong we, we see the video evidence pretty clearly um but yeah it just it just shredded the country and i still don't know if he's racist even though that was what <laughs> that's what blew the country up yeah. i mean it, it was certainly a, a horrible thing to watch but all of a sudden the charges was that th this was a, a racially charged incident and i not being at the at the uh, the whole trial i don't know what did, did anybody hear was he uh proven to be a racist his i saw his mom released a statement within the last few days and made it sound like you know derek chauvin was an angel i don't think that was the case but um I'm just curious if anybody has heard any more about him being a racist. I don't think that was part of the trial at all. No, I think it, it was. It really, it really wasn't. I mean, that's that's tough. It's tough to prove. I think they just went based on the, the actual actions to uh, a, a human toward a human. Um, you know, obviously, most people either believe he is or isn't. Um, that that wasn't the point of the trial. The trial well, what... there there hasn't been any violence that has erupted after the after the um, sentencing, has there? I mean, I haven't seen any, I haven't heard about any, and, and that, I mean, that's a positive. That's a, mm -hmm. that's a, that's a good takeaway. I mean, no matter what. Um, yeah, that is Don. Is it safe to return to the twin cities? If I want to make a trip up there? No, I would not return to the, to the actual city of Minneapolis, I would say. Okay. Um, you know, it's, we had that latest case with the um, gentleman who was killed in, uh, uh, in Minneapolis uh, in a parking garage, um, who was, uh, arrested for, uh, what was it? A, they've had, had, uh, had a, had what they had a, they had something on them for owning a gun or something like that and confronted him and shot at him and killed him. So, um, of course there was no, uh, body cam footage because they were apparently were, uh, was a state marshals and they aren't required to, uh, use body cam footage. So, um, so that that's been like the latest hot hot button here in Minneapolis, and hmm. and then of course uh, the wonderful mayor of Minneapolis, uh, Fry guy, is uh, is uh, trying to open up the uh, city again, where where the uh, where the all the uh, protests have taken place, and open up the streets and things like that. And so so that hasn't been going too well. Not to say that nothing is you know too serious has come come about of it but uh um but yeah things are a little getting a little scarier there for a little bit but nothing 
nothing major so far. Hmm. But yeah, I've got uh, we've got I'm not far away from from murders and and things going on. So I mean, the uh, the the cops are I think are are a little scared to do their job. I think that's really what it comes down to. They they don't want they're they're too nervous right now to to do anything. Well, and that's that's just not that's not you know just in Minneapolis. Although oh yeah, right, right. Spot. I mean that's that's all over the the right, country right. right now, which is a problem that needs to be addressed. Right, right. And I've got a you know I've got this amazing story I I, I want to tell you guys about because I had a, a buddy a a neighbor come over or a former neighbor of ours come over to our house and he was just a kid when he was living at the house and we knew their family and they were neighbors of us. And he's like 28 now. Uh, he stopped over, um, had moved out of the neighborhood and then his family had a few years back. And so he came back and said, hi, and he's an actual, he was actually a, a guard in the, uh, and he's been everywhere. He's been in Afghanistan. He's been, and he was also a part of the Washington DC riots. So get this, this is a great story. Um, so he was uh, called into DC uh, two weeks before the uh, election. They were just called in just to prepare for, for to protesters, you know, standard, standard issue. And so um, he was actually called in. Um, and you remember the story about the um, military being shacking up in, in parking ramps. Yeah, they, they were yeah. treating him yeah. bad. They weren't feeding they were him or something like that. Bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Delivered pizza to the him. Real, yeah, the real story is that he was he was a part of this. He was like, this is crazy. He was just laughing at the whole story. And um, he said that, you know, what happened was is that we were staying in hotels and things like that. But just for that night, particular night, for some reason, we were uh, on our bus and you know, we had to, our next appointment or wherever we had to go next was, was in a few hours away. And so we, instead of staying in a bus, we saw this parking ramp. We wanted to stay there, stretch our legs, get out. And instead of staying in a cramped bus, of course, everything has to uh, be given permission through Pelosi. Pelosi okayed it. And so they just, you know, hang out, hung out in the parking ramp, had a great time, slept a little, partied a little sounded like you know and of course some some guy took a picture of you know, this is how they treat the military uh in the in the parking ramp sends it to political political you know post the story and it all blows up so he's just like it's incredible how each side you know the right and the left portray the story for their means and he says to come on the complex to make it more complex is that Pelosi went out and apologized. <laughs> Why did she even have to apologize? She didn't have to apologize. Of course she did just because it would look good. But then again, she did it just, it just complicated the whole issue. So she was, he was just like, it's such a joke. He said, both sides are complete, you know, in it for the theater. And it's, it's unbelievable. And man, this guy had so many great stories. I mean, he could, he, he could tell me, you know, name, he was, he was involved with the riots in Minneapolis. He was a part of that. He said, he said, that was probably the most scariest time he's ever been. Um, he's like, I was in Afghanistan with weapons and we did not have a, have a, uh, you know, a, a, a gun or a, I'm sorry, a bullet in the chamber. When he was walking around Minneapolis, there were bullets in the chamber. He's like, they were ready for war. It was unbelievable. He said, unbelievable. And he says, hmm. all these, all these, um, um, 
military guys, police, they say, get your, get the guns, get guns, get guns. He's like, even if you, you know, get one registered, but don't even bother registering anymore because they're like, get as many guns as you want. He's like, because it, it's something's coming. They're like, they're freaking out. I mean, they just, he said it was crazy. And he's actually stepping out of the military, you know, the guard. Um, he was going to go in for 20 years, but he's, he's quitting halfway through. He's like, he's like, the world's going to burn. I don't need a front seat. I'm, I'd rather watch it from my, uh, from my TV. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> We need to have him and tell you know talk about triggering the end times. What's oh, we don't know. <laughs> just some great conversation. I, I, I could have talked to him for hours and hours and hours. It was wow. just fantastic. It was so great talking to him. But yeah, he's seen some amazing stuff. Uh, even in oh, here's another. Just one more. He was even in uh, when he was in Minneapolis. In, in if you saw the stories when the riots were going on and and. Um, there was military, you know, in the neighborhoods, you know, patrolling and stuff like that. And uh, downtown Minneapolis and the, uh, the uh, restaurants came out and said they didn't like the military there. They didn't, a lot of the restaurants kind of separated themselves from the military saying they didn't want them there. They didn't need them there. Well, as soon as the cameras were off, what are they doing? They're feeding these guys like kings. <laughs> they're saying they're so glad they're here. So it was just, he's like, it was unbelievable. He's like, we, we had pizzas, we had burgers, we had everything we needed. <laughs> but of course, then uh, just as they look at their phones, you know, they're looking at their phones, they're watching all of this on their phones and they're seeing what these restaurants and, and the theater that's going on. And, and they said their restaurants were, were trying to condemn the military so that save face so that they could, you know, save their bottom line. But in the end, they wanted them there just as bad. Were <laughs> willing to put up any and give them any food they needed to make them happy. Wow. Just, he said it was yeah. just crazy. He's like, this is just. He's like, it's insane. It's, he's like, to, he's to the point where it's just laughable now. He's like, I have to laugh at it all now because it's all theater. It's all theater on wow. both sides. On both sides. So, yeah, it's crazy. That's great. Hey, bonus topic in the week that was, I just read something that the, uh, the World Health Organization, that trusted source for information oh. and guidance, is now recommending masks for vaccinated people because of the Delta Plus variant. Are you guys like, should we be in masks now, man? Like, seriously, <laughs> Ryan, what do you what do you say? Are, are you back to masking? I haven't seen that guidance from the WHO. Yeah. The last guidance I saw, they said don't vaccinate kids. That was the last blurb I heard. Is is this fresh today? Or this I... is fresh? Yeah, I guess it's fresh. I'd be yeah. interested to see what the CDC and the you the better who wants control those. Watch your Doctor Z Dog or whatever yeah. his name is, and get his guidance. Yeah, it was Friday or Saturday. There that that they released that. You're telling me that they're telling fully vaccinated people to mask because of the Delta variant. That's the WHO. Yes. You wow. got one for you. E right here. <laughs> yeah. Double I, it up. Double it up. I also heard yeah. they said for podcasters to mask your microphone. It'll work. <laughs> well, hey, I think I think masks do have some benefit, but um, I, one of the reasons I got vaccinated oh, was, was to drop the mask. So I, I, I am in a bit of a quandary here. Oh, here's another story for my buddy. He's in Afghanistan. Yeah, this is a good one. He was in Afghanistan. They were military. They were training. They were outside in Afghanistan, 130 degree heat, and he's wearing a stupid mask. He was, they were so ticked. And in fact, 
the, they knew the mask wow. did not work because they were eating sand the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I swear I'm eating COVID right now, man. <laughs> oh. Oh, no, come on. That's not even do possible. not work. Come on, <laughs> right. man. Come those on, sand, man. Those <laughs> grains of sand are so small. If yeah, that's, I don't buy that. Gosh. Come on. Those, those <laughs> grains of sand can't fit through a mask. Come on. <laughs> He's pulling your leg, Don. Don't, don't don't let it happen. This guy's oh, coming man. on our podcast. Yeah, this, this we got to get this <laughs> yeah. guy. He's, he's incredible. He was great. He was making this like me laugh. Uh, yeah yeah it's coming uh masks part two it's got to be uh, coming yeah i, I think i had the cool i think i had the delta strain the delta strain was much worse than the original covid strain because i was out for like a couple of weeks and i was like mm. whatever this is it sucks and i think it was the delta strain me and my wife lived through it is there any oh. way i mean other than getting tested you really we really nobody really knows i mean you can have the antibodies but i don't know yeah. if they have antibodies for them i don't know yeah yeah whatever wow all right anything else from the week that was gentlemen did i hear you say you're giving up your twins hope for a world series title this year well i'm asking i'm asking the question is it time to stick a fork in the twins i mean with buxton i mean you going out like i had some hope they had a nice little run going they had run like five straight and buxton was coming back and it just looked like you know i was about ready to ride the ride the uh, calling your shot, you know, title all the way and just, you know, laugh at you guys all the way to the bank on that one. But uh, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm not feeling, not feeling that we got the squad. How many games back are they right now? Uh, 11 or 12. They gotta be. Yeah, 11 or 12. Wow. Back of Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Short of Buxton staying healthy and Miguel Sano making decent contact and a pitching staff that's somewhat reliable, I, I don't think there's any hope. Yeah, so you got you got a fork in him, is what you're saying. Gotcha. Sadly, I, I felt yeah. pretty good about having a good team. I, I I didn't like them as much as you did to win the title, but right. you look up and down their lineup, they look like a solid team. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you just hasn't translated into actuality. So right. And my my pick of the Dodgers, they're not, I don't even last time I checked, they were in third place in their division. So I don't know what their chances are of winning the series at this point either. Jeremy, you picked the White Sox, right? Yeah. Just I, they're in first, of, are they they're in first place by and a, they're yeah, they're they're playing well. Well, um yeah, they're in first. I think that I think they I are I don't know about how much, but it was yeah. about yeah, it was about a week ago. I looked, so yeah. Yeah, they're top four, top four in the American League. Okay. Yeah. And Jeremy might, might just be like sweeping these sports, calling your shots. Didn't you call Tampa Bay too? Tampa Bay. Good Ooh. grief. Wow. That's impressive. Good stuff. Impressive. It's, it's straight dumb luck. That's right. Yeah. Oh, he could, he why can't a... I ever get lucky then? If it's just dumb luck, why can't I get <laughs> I lucky? I don't know, but I can't get lucky when I play the lottery or, you know, go to casinos or anything else. Hey, 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 hey. You're not supposed <laughs> to say that, are you? <laughs> You don't know. I did. Way to rein him in, Don. <laughs> Good you control, know, way Don. Past, Good control. Way past. All right. Well, it's it, uh, some good conversation the week that was. Let's uh, turn it over to Jeremy for our, uh, our main topic. Oh, main topic. And uh, I get thoughts on Russia. Okay, here it goes. <clears throat> My name Vladimir Putin. I'm Russian. 
I'm president of the whole world. I tell my guys have a little fun cyber attack. Some of the small things in the United States show how powerful we are. Biden comes to ask and says, here a list of things. Don't touch these things. <laughs> I laugh. I think very funny. <laughs> tell him, get out of my sight. I take a few more drinks. He run away like a little scared puppy. <laughs> All right. So for starters, the U.S. probably has the worst relationship with Russia since the 1980s. And Biden didn't do the U.S. any favors with his menu of items to don't touch or do not touch, which he reportedly gave to Putin in a private conversation the U.S. has been very frustrated with how Russia has annexed Crimea. We have also felt frustration about the Russians' constant military pursuit in Ukraine. Um, Russia supports civil war in Syria and even took over some of the U.S. bases. When we uh, left that region to try and de-escalate some of that, they moved their troops right in. And Russia and the United States, I thought this was very interesting, own 90% of the uranium uh, or that is in the world. And really the two nations there, two countries have really the ability to control the nuclear weaponry, the nuclear options and use them to their advantages or disadvantages or whatever. However, uh, you know, the US and Russia distribute those. But Russia obviously is not gonna use them to go, oh, you know what, we're gonna be the nice guy in the world. They, they use it to gain power and control over specifically us, but just as disturbing. It bolsters our enemies, which is namely China, not to mention terror groups with nuclear capabilities or, you know, at, at worst capabilities at, at, at maybe, you know, just really bad at possibilities. I don't want these, these people to have nuclear weapons at all. I don't want them to have these red buttons on their desks, so to speak. So this is not in the world's best interest, nor is it in the United States' best interest. Putin has been in office since 2012, and his prior work in the intelligence community is alarming. It's, it's really amazing where this guy has come from, if you read some of his bio. And, and it's, just, it's just a few of the issues that might scratch the surface. And oh yeah, by the way, just to kick the Americans and hand them another pink slip while they're down. Let's, let's have Biden look the complete opposite way when it comes to the Nord Stream 2 pipeline that, that connects all of Europe and absolutely sign off completely, kick people out of work. You're not going back to your jobs on the Keystone or Keystone XL pipeline, which ironically has cleaner fuel because of how we extract it and how we put it in than the one that is in Russia and, and what they're doing and distributing to all of Europe. And if you do not think that this is a power grab from Russia and Biden just kind of going, you know what, it's a, I'm, I'm turning a blind eye, 68 GOP senators immediately sent a letter to him saying, you are nuts. This is not to Putin, this is to U the US president Biden and basically told him, do not give up sanctions. Do not let this go on. Nevertheless, here we go. Come 
on, man. <laughs> oh, what in the world? All right. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys. What are your thoughts on Russia, the influence around the world that they have? And then what really should the U.S., you know, what, what should our position be? What, what, what do you think? What are your thoughts? So I'm going to start with uh, Ryan and I'm going to go to Don and then to Matt. So Ryan, kick us off and then maybe rate my uh, Russian uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, you know, impersonation there. Hilarious. Boy, that was really good. Loved it. Probably exactly what happened too after, after what you described with our president. Good grief! Yeah, the whole topic of Russia is, is pretty complicated in, in my mind. Uh, you know, back back in the '80s when uh, we were all youngsters, it's pretty clear they were our, our number one enemy, the Soviet Union, um, of course, of which Russia was the main part of, um, and we all agreed on it. I think we all back then recognized this is our clear our clear enemy. And over the course of time, they've gone through some transitions, thanks to the great leadership of Ronald Reagan. Uh, they were able to tear down that wall. And uh, we, saw, we saw communism fall apart. And for a little while there, uh, under Boris Yeltsin, it looked somewhat promising. But as you alluded to, Jeremy, uh, Putin has risen to power, essentially has maintained the power. I think there was a, a brief gap there where Medvedev uh, was, was in power there. Uh, but he's he's been pulling the strings, Putin, that is, essentially for, I don't know, the better part of 20 years, I would say. And and what makes it a bit shady is his KJ, KGB background. I think that's what should give us all a little yeah, pause. Yeah, I, re- I read some stuff there. I, I was, I was, my my level of like, dude, dude, okay, whatever, Putin went from, you know, like yeah. zero to 99 on a scale right. of one to 100. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for people like Trump, who I, you know, for good or for bad, um, Trump, even with North Korea, he was open-minded to try to have positive relationship with people who have been our, our rivals or our enemies, except for China. I mean, he, he rightly recognized them as our greatest geopolitical threat to his credit. Um, but, but as far as the complicated Russia relationship, I don't know if you guys remember back when um, Romney was running against Obama back in 2012, and Romney said, okay, Russia's our biggest geopolitical threat. And Obama said something along the lines of um, the, the 1980s call, they want their foreign policy back. In other words, Romney, you're crazy for thinking Russia, Russia's any threat. And yet you fast forward to 2016, and what do the Democrats say? They say Russia has now caused Trump to become president. There is collusion here. So they go from, okay, they're nothing. Now they're the greatest threat in America because they've, they've upended our elections in some way. And then you remember when Obama was president that he was caught on that hot mic talking to Medvedev about, hey, 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 wait, we'll work out some deal here. Trust me, I got this one. <laughs> I mean, that was, pretty, that was pretty curious too. And then Hillary Clinton gives, gives, I think it was Medvedev too, or some other official that reset button that was a total botch and she didn't even get the, the language right. Yeah. So, it's just been it's just been a comedy of errors, and I'm I'm so thankful we're not in the '80s where we are under threat of a nuclear war, even back in the '60s, uh, with with the Soviet Union. But we're, we're the problem is we're so divided as a nation, we can't even identify who's an enemy and, and who's not. I, I I do think Russia is more of an enemy because I do think they have done a lot of cyber attacks. They are behind a lot of that, and you know if, if we're the number one nation in the world, which you could argue. China, the United States, you know, one, two, in some order, 
we're the target. So of course, places like Russia are going to go after us and they are a threat. It's not that they've got a big economy, but Jeremy, you mentioned their oil capabilities throughout Europe. That makes them super powerful. And then they've got the largest number of nuclear warheads. And and that, that of course makes them uh, even more powerful. So, but yeah, just in in the recent times with Russia, I just cannot, I cannot get over Biden. Um, You know that, Hey, (laughs) Putin, Please do not do not touch these parts of our infrastructure. <laughs> if if you would be so kind, hey, I know I called you a killer not that long ago, but please, I'm be- I'm begging you. That would be bad for us. And then and then that did you guys catch that uh, press conference that reporter calls Biden out? Hey, do you still call Putin a killer? And Biden's like, well, um, <laughs> he froze for like 10, 15 <laughs> seconds. It was the bizarrest thing. I'm like, come on, man. That was bizarre. It was just, what do you do? And so Biden has now apparently done a 180, maybe in, in some regards, it's a hat tip to Trump, realizing maybe it is in our best interest not to aggravate a country with that many warheads, maybe. So in the end, I do think Russia is a problem. They are not a China um, problem in terms of who's our number one enemy, but I, I do think they are still a nuisance. And because of Putin's background, I'm not, I'm not too trustworthy. Good thoughts. Don, how about you? I got a little different slant on this. And I like what you asked. You posed the question, what is their influence? And I think they have a a much far-reaching influence than we realize. There have been multiple news articles. I've just noticed this in the last couple of weeks where I think it was NPR and New York Times said that the greatest threat to America, it's not Russia. It's not China, for that matter. It's it's the rot, and this is a quote from one of those stories, it's a rot that has infiltrated our country due to a post-Trump stress disorder. Um, and so there's this agenda being pushed that, you no, know, our, our greatest threat is, is, is not them, it's from within. And it's a racist ideology um, that's plagued our generations for, for eons. Um, or it's climate change, for that matter, the fear mongering that insists we got to save the turtles before uh, before we all get destroyed and Mother Earth rains in earthquakes and fires and hurricanes and and here we are worrying about the flatulence of cattle <laughs> preserving the atmosphere, right? Um, you know, I think they had I think they had it right in some ways, but n- but for all the wrong reasons. Uh, and not long ago. Uh, just after the turn of the century, turn of the 20th century, Russia was going through its own internal struggle and rebirth. They called it the Bolshevik Revolution, led by Vladimir Lenin. And he ushered in the first Marxist state in the world. He naturalized industry and distributed land, defeated a czarist uh, force that aimed to destroy his great vision of Mother Russia. And then not long after that, Joseph Stalin came along, overpowered and took over the government and stated that he would form a massive program of industrialization and using that Marxist idea of uh, socialism and communism. And also then went on to invent the Soviet Union in an authoritarian state, you'd call it, as ruled by an absolute dictator. And he kept his power by threatening enemies, using propaganda and personal police to execute his orders. Sounds familiar, right? Well, I would argue this Marxist ideology that came from Russia, Karl Marx and Stalin is more dangerous and pervasive uh, to the American way of life than any other existential threat 
proclaimed by our leaders in government. The influence of socialism and communism will destroy the United States as we know it. And let me explain why. First, let's, to, let's define the two, those two things, socialism and communism. We all know what socialism is, is that ideology advocating the distribution of wealth among all members of society achieved through community control over its citizens' possession and means of production. Now, communism is an ideology that Karl Marx envisioned would be a classless society that came after capitalism and socialism. The idea was that capitalism would struggle between the poor and the rich. And as a result, socialist, a socialist revolution would follow. Socialism would end the issue between the classes and communism would run the society. Lenin himself, he stated that the goal of socialism is communism. Now, just look around you today and you can't help but come to the conclusion that we are in the social revolution stage in America. Socialism, socialism uses political correctness to attack uh, our moral discernment and force everyone to be the same. And this train of thought has been hammered through mm -hmm. our educational systems and from grade school uh, now to higher education. And we are now seeing the fruits of, of its labor. This became all too clear to me uh, this past week when my company administered their yearly diversity training. Remember what it was called equality, diversity, and inclusion? Well, if you haven't noticed, they have replaced equality with a similar word called equity. And those two words are so very different. In fact, you know, they're so similar in their syntax that that many will not even notice the change. And that's how they just how they want it. If this is being taught in your work or in your school or God forbid in your church, you guys got to raise holy hell because don't and don't run from it because uh, call it out when you see it and speak up. Now back to Webster's Dictionary, if they haven't changed the meanings of these words yet, but equality is an American constitutional value founded in the Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment, dedicated to assuring citizens are entitled to equal protection under the law, an equal chance to participate in society from education and employment to security and prosperity. Now, equity, not equality, equity, the new one, is a Marxist term, clear and simple. It's demanding mass transfer of wealth between groups, giving what is earned by one to another and sometimes by force. Marxism aims to enlighten the society of a better way of coexisting through communism. So the concept of forcing equity, equal outcomes for all groups across society is nonsensical. In practical, it's, it's absurd. Even if you like the idea, it's, it's empirically Im impossible. It's ridiculous. Why? Because Every group consists of countless cross-culture groups, right? Every collection of oppressed individuals um, have multiple or overlapping group variables. There's just no way it can be, it's, 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 it's on its basis just ridiculous. And it, the example, make a point, it's like divert, di dividing America by groups, identifying them as materially different, and then pitting them against each other other than only to just, it just leads to self-destruction, right? This is how Marxism works, pitting us against each other with one remedy, 
And that one remedy is total control of the government. They're going to come in and save the day and fix it. And who has control and the most to gain? The elites. Now, wouldn't you know it, this past Friday, President Biden signed an executive order to advance diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility in federal workforce. So do I fear Russia, you know, ultimately, no, I don't. I don't think Russia or China will bring us down. But if I do truly believe that these ideologies that they have left behind are trying to, I mean, they're trying to clamor to them and it'll eventually bring America to its knees, I think. I mean, that or freedom-loving patriots will say enough is enough and take back this, take back this country. So I, yeah, I think that, that, uh, that communism, socialism, the influences that Russia has, has, was, was popularized and, and rammed through, I think those things are very much a part of how will be used to identify America in the future. Well done. That was that was great. I mean, and you brought out some real some real things that we have said in in former podcasts where we've talked about how you know the threat is 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 within, and that is a real that's a real thing. We and, and you're right. We see it in our schools. We see it in our education. We see it in the destruction of the the natural family and what that what that looks like. We see it in the destruction of all kinds of things that basically is wiping the slate somewhat clean for a reset that many people don't even realize is happening and it's happening right under our noses. Yeah. It's amazing to me how equity has been replaced into the very fabric of everything we are doing. Um, and in fact, when I was, I after that diversity training, I went back and we had another meeting a couple of days later. And then I asked my manager and their, her manager, we were on a meeting and I asked them, I said, do you guys know if, if equity was replaced with equality on purpose? And they both looked at me. Now, both, mind you, they are both on the leadership committee, if you will, of our company. And so most of these decisions that, you know, that the HR plans to do goes through them. They didn't even realize it. Yeah. They, didn't even, they didn't even say, well, what, what is equity? What, I thought, is it the same as equality? Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's so you know, so packaged up nice and nice and neat and cozy and slip it right by without you even knowing it. And it's, it's, it's changing the way we are um, viewing each other and, and pitting us against each other. It's, it's just gross. Yeah. Wow. Matt, your thoughts. Yeah. When it, when it comes to Russia, um, you know, I, I take a look at it, you know, personally, like, you know, we, we grew up in a time, I think by the time, yeah, I kind of came, you know, grew up, it was, uh, you know, Russia's power had kind of started to fade. You know, I think the things that, that I remember, you know, looking back on the miracle on ice was kind of big, you know, that was huge. And then, you know, even like the Rocky four movie, you know, pitting the USA versus Russia, you know, that that's really about, about all I really knew about Russia. You know, you hear about the cold war, but you know, even probably to this day, I didn't fully understand all the threats that maybe our parents kind of lived through and the concerns that we had, you know, World War One, World War II, um, especially. Um, and so, you know, when I think about when I think about Russia, you know, it hasn't been a massive influence in my life. Um, 
you know, for right now, you, it, it, one interesting fact about them is they're, you know, what they're generating the revenue from their, their country, like their gross domestic product is way, way down. Like it's, it's, I mean, most other yeah. much smaller countries have much, they're generating a lot more revenue. So it kind of shows you, uh, it kind of shows you from an economic side, they're, they're really struggling. Now they've got the nuclear warheads. I feel, I kind of look at them like the old bully, or the bully that's like almost like you can't pass eighth grade. So he's like 28 years old, but he's still in eighth grade. Um, you know, I so said, I still think he's a threat. I just, I just don't know. Um, I, I don't know exactly, you know, what level, you know, Putin would go to. It's interesting. I had a friend um, go over, actually visit Russia um, just a couple months ago. And he came back and said, Matt, this, the, the, the country is beautiful. The people are beautiful. You know, you, you, I think Russia has the stigma. What's interesting is, and I think Don, you, you illustrated it well, these, these countries form these quote unquote educated up, up, up opinions or thoughts or theories, you know, like Marxism, and it doesn't work out in their country, but then they come and they spread it to uh, you know, the Europe and then it comes over to the United States. And that's, that's really the influence there. And majority of the people just want to be like normal human beings and live and, and help each other. And, and, and I think, I think you're right Don. we've got to understand what these, you know, core tenants of these crazy human focused, um, you know, ideologies are because that's, what's going to destroy us. And I think, you know, you know, my heart breaks a little bit for the people of Russia because they're kind of under a, a tyrant. I, I don't think they're the threat that China is, um, you know, or maybe even some of the the craziness in the middle East, maybe like Iran or even like a North Korea is kind of, kind of wild out there. Their gross domestic products, not really that great either, but uh, I think Russia's kind of fading. Um, and I think P Putin's trying to keep them relevant through, through these cyber attacks and the way they can influence each other. But I think they're, they're they're a great depiction of what happens when you when you when you lock in or the people in power lock into these crazy wrong ideologies and it should be a great warning sign to us too i like your i like your analogy of the big 28 year old eighth grader <laughs> that's pretty that's, that's good it's, yeah it just hasn't really advanced good. hasn't it just yeah. okay, i'm gonna stick with this because this is all i know like and, and no man it's the it's reputation growing. is stuck right yeah. right Man. Well, great discussion on these. And for our listeners out there, you can comment on some of this too. Give us your, uh, your insight, maybe some thoughts uh, that we didn't, we didn't think about or didn't trail down. Um, so I'm going to throw it over to Don. We're going to go into the initial, initials game. can't believe it but uh, we are coming off of a week after that jeremy won so he will be defending defending his title from uh, the previous jeremy. weeks yeah buddy taking it <laughs> so here we go i've got the initial set for tonight eight question or eight items on a ninth tiebreaker the initials for tonight are r b R B All right, here we go. Item number 1, clue number 1. Born and raised in California. Clue number 2. Connected to the numbers 5, 21, Ryan Go ahead, Ryan. Rocco Baldelli. 
I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Oh, sweet. Let me repeat wow. clue number two since I did not finish it. Please. Connected to the numbers 5, 21, 22, 23, and 25. Clue number three has appeared on a video game cover. Clue number four, connected to our Kardashian. Clue number five, played for five professional teams. I should have I watched that show, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Then. Can I Clue drop six to Jeremy like Matt did? Clue number six. Clue number six. my phone. <laughs> Clue number six, former Heisman Trophy winner from USC. Matt. Go ahead, Matt. That would be Reggie Bush. That is correct. Mm. Sweet. All right. Good job, Matt. Rocco Baldelli. <laughs> really? Well, he yeah. just he just rammed that one right through. He didn't even want to wait. <laughs> yeah, well, he wore number five, I'm pretty sure. When and Pee Wee baseball or what? I think when he played, I think when he played with Tampa, didn't he? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I was I was one clue too early. I, I would have had it after, <laughs> after that clue. All right, Matt's on the board of one. Item number two, clue number one. A pharmacist was the first to successfully market this. Clue number two. Often found surrounded by glass. Clue number three found success during prohibition. Ryan. All right, go ahead, smart guy. Root beer. That is correct. Good job, brother. I'm sorry. I guess it's correct. I disagreed at first, but then I came around. I just I just liked hitting it the first time when you got the first one wrong. It was hoping nobody noticed. Oh, man. All right. So Ryan's on the board with one. Matt's on the board with one. Item number three. Clue number one. Over 30 years old. Clue number two, originally from Europe. Clue number three, multiple countries initially fought its ability to be sold. Clue number four, despite its past advertising, it does not force the growth of new body parts. Clue number five has connected itself to numerous extreme sports. Brian. 
Go ahead, Ryan. Red Bull. That is correct. Ah, good job, brother. I, I actually mm. thought about that, but wow. I the connected know. to growing new body parts. Yeah. I've never heard that as a uh... gives you wings. Red Bull gives you wings. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Check. <laughs> All right, Ryan's uh, gone, but up takes the lead with two. Matt with one. Here we go. Clue item number four. Clue number one was a collector for a loan shark. Clue number two had a horse related nickname. Clue number three often seen near Mickey. Clue number four was part of a film franchise. Clue number five, trained in Russia. Matt. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. Rocky Balboa. That is correct. <laughs> yes. Wow, man. Oh, man, I, I love Rocky IV. I, oh, the best. It's the best, Rocky, you by know, far. I have to share this. One of probably the greatest moments of my of watching a movie I've ever experienced is watching my daughters watch Rocky IV. <laughs> <laughs> really? they For whatever reason, I think Jen was, Jen was off on a business trip and I was like, oh, what can we do? Let's watch a movie. Let's watch Rocky IV. What? 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 You know, they thought that was stupid, but I'm telling you, watching my youngest daughter, who's probably bad, she probably had a morning at six or seven, probably not the greatest parenting parental move yeah. i've ever made in my life but man alive when she was watching um uh this guy the names escapes me who's his who's who's his buddy that died um uh oh yeah 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 it's uh, uh jeepers adrian no, apollo, no apollo yeah watching apollo die in that in that scene of when when uh when the russian dude just completely destroyed him Oh my word! I yeah. she was like she couldn't believe what was happening. Like the main, one of the main characters dying in the middle of the movie. She thought that this was this is incredible. She's like, "What is happening? What did my dad just put me through?" <laughs> That's well fantastic. I loved it. Oh, it was so much fun. Rocky oh, Four. Oh, such a great movie. So good. All right, boys. Item number five. Clue number one is a National Historic Landmark. Clue number two, its construction cost 272, I'm sorry, $272,198. Clue number three, it's a place and an event. Clue number four, connected to the World Cup in the 1990s. 
Matt. Go ahead, Matt. Rose Bowl. That is correct. Wow. Nice one. It, All what right. was the first clue? It was a, it was a national landmark? Uh, yeah. It, it is a national historic landmark. Wow. I don't think I knew that. News to me as well. Right. Interesting. All right. Well, better throw some D's in there for Jeremy. No kidding. Oh, put some ducks in here. Let me see yep. if I can find some ducks. <laughs> All right. All right. So Matt takes the lead with three. He, Ryan with two. We've got, what, three clues left. Or three items left, I should say. Item number six, clue number one. Received nearly 70,000 votes for president in 2012. Clue number two, in a sense, known for singing. Clue number three, has been roasted. Clue number four, went by the last name of Connor. Clue number five, known to back conspiracy theories. Clue number six, her television show was revived in 2000. Go ahead, Ryan. Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr is correct. What? Uh, man. She received how many votes in 12? <laughs> 70,000. Singing. Yeah, she was known for her singing, wasn't she? In a wow. sense, yeah. <laughs> what, what a joke. All right, so he ties it all up. Three apiece for man. Matt and Ryan. Jeremy can just play spoiler. Dunked, yeah, that's what I'm going to try to do. All right. Item number seven, clue number one, is a David Bowie song title. Clue number two, was patented in England in 1845. Ryan. Oh, if he gets this, this will be incredible. Go ahead. I, are you a David Bowie fan? Yeah. First, first. <laughs> I just know he sings uh, with Bing Crosby that one Christmas song. Go ahead, uh, Ryan. What was patented in 1845 then? I'm going to go with Rubber Band. Oh my God. Are you serious? <laughs> Unbelievable. How the... <laughs> that sucks. Got your stinking computer codes and your screens up. <laughs> Looking at all the initial possibilities. No he way. is looking off to his right quite a bit. Aren't you seeing that, Jer Jeremy? Are you seeing that? He's looking uh, to what? his right quite a bit. What? I think it's voice activated. He's got something voice activated to the right, like Google. Like, hey, Google, 
I write it on my little scratch pad and then I use my peanut brain to come up with this. Oh, yeah, I know. Band. I mean, of course, I was. Yeah, there. right. Seriously, England, 1848. What else did they know for, for that year? And I knew I knew the song. I knew he was, I knew his family's name, his wife and kids. I mean, what? Yeah, truth be told, I, I do have that phrase written down. But when he said David Bowie, I, I thought I was sunk. I, I just have no clue what David Bowie I know. I, I I was like, yes, okay, I might have a chance. Not that I'm a David Bowie fan, but I'm like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> all right. All right. It comes down to Matt and question eight. All right. Here we go. Ryan has the lead with four. Matt with three. Forcing a tie break for Matt. In this next clue, next and final clue, here we go. Item number eight, clue number one. Often caves under pressure. Clue number two. Sometimes deals with nerves or fear. Clue number three. Often seen in white. Clue number four. Released June 30th, 1999. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Rocco Baldelli. <laughs> oh, no. no uh -huh. I'm afraid that is incorrect. <laughs> I need oh, repeat. You don't have Rocco in for any of these, Don? No RB. I guessed it twice. I thought for sure he'd be in on one of them. So I need you to repeat that last clue. We're going to take this nice and slow there. So the last clue was released June, July 30th, 1999. Come on, Jeremy. <laughs> we need you. Number five. Have extremely cold feet. Clue number six. They leave someone waiting at the altar. Five. Matt. Four. Go ahead, Matt. Runaway bride. That is correct. <laughs> Oof. I didn't think he was going to get it, but why? Wow. All right. Oh, Jeremy, you knew that one. He probably did, but he's, started, he's a good I'm, guy. He knew he didn't have a chance and he wanted to let me try to get it. So I was kind I started of tracking on the last on the last one, but I didn't think, yeah, ridiculous. All right, oh, so now man. we've got the tiebreaker between Matt and Ryan. Three clues. Same initials. Okay, Ryan? Same initials. I gotcha. All right. <laughs> Give your third <laughs> try. <laughs> yeah, I, I always want to say my name right now. Just, just, just say it. Ryan. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. All right, here we go. Three clues. Here we go. Clue number one can be found indoors and outdoors. Clue number three. Two, off, clue number two? Clue I'm, number sorry, two right? I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Two number two, 
often seen in an eye. Clue no number three, the defendant in the trial of the century was one of these Ryan. during his career. Go ahead, Ryan. Running back. That is correct. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> what, what were the clues again? Often can be seen in an eye. Okay, I get uh, it. Got it. Yeah, I was I was almost going to say Rocco Baldelli because, you know, target I'm field done. in the oh, eye, <laughs> in indoors in and outdoors, oh, and yeah. Yeah. inside. Right. But it, it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't feel right. Oh, oh man. What a battle. Straddle battle. Nice. Nice, oh. nice, nice. <laughs> all right all right good job ryan we're really thrilled that you won thanks Very buddy happy. yeah yeah it's just great it's just great all right let's turn our attention to fix your eyes uh we're in our second uh, episode of uh, take a look at eschatology and end times. We've just got a very simple question uh, for the group. Uh, what triggers end time prophecies? Uh, there's a lot of different views out there and just wanted to see kind of what triggers that, uh, what, what triggers the, the end times. Um, and so we'll go uh, Jeremy, uh, Don, Ryan, and then myself. What triggers the end time prophecies? Jeremy? Yeah, so for me, I, I want to say that you know, the rapture is a big deal. And I know our church is in the middle of a study of um, through the book of prophecy with Daniel. And we're working through that. You know, there, there are a lot of wide views of the 70th week and what that alludes to. Um, kind of depends on your view of how you see Revelation chapter 21 through 6, um, whether you are a preterist or not. Um, if you're amillennial, pre-millennial, post-millennial, if you uh, believe in the rapture, you don't. Um, all of those kind of wrap into some really tangled webs, and it, it really comes down to your view of how your interpretation of scripture really kind of files out. But one of the, one of the I guess the simplest, but the biggest thing for me, I mean, we asked the question last, uh, last podcast, you know, what are we in the end times? And I think most of us said, yeah, but it's going to get worse or yeah, it could come, you know, any, at any time. And I, I firmly believe that it could come at any time. If we knew that the rapture specifically was going to come in the middle of the tribulation, which everybody knows is three and a half years, then there would be people that kind of are waiting for that. And I think that that kind of eliminates the text that says, basically, nobody's going to know the time. Nobody's going to know the hour. And I guess it could still happen. The same is true after the tri tribulation. And some people you know, think that the rapture is just not going to happen. They're all millennial, which they believe there's a two-age two age issue where it was this age and then the age to come. And there's no gap between them. So there's no, no millennial kingdom. Hence, the kingdom is now kind of thinking. I, for me, it's, it's the rapture. I, I, I look at that as one of the key things that, you know, and, and yes, there are things that will, will point to the rapture beforehand, but I'm a, I'm a pre-trip guy. So I think that God is going to come and he's going to rescue his church and he's going to take us out of that. Um, and there, there are four main texts, um, one in John uh, 14, three, 
Um, there is a 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52, I think it is at the end of that. Um, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 is a, is a classic one as well. And there are others that allude to this. But uh, for me, I, I'm, I'm anticipating and looking forward to the rapture. Um, Jesus coming to rescue his church in, you know, from the clouds, there's going to be a trumpet, there's going to be a, a loud, unavoidable, un, un, you know, um, you, you, can't, you can't miss it kind of thing. And I think the world's going to explain that away somehow. And um, all these missing people and all these things, but I think it's going to become because of things like we've kind of experienced a little bit in COVID with a complete blindness to something that is kind of clear in front of our eyes where there's just this misguided perception that, oh, this isn't, this isn't what it really is. And I think there's going to be more and more false teachers, more and more people who will be able to elude and, and explain things away. And so the church being raptured out of here, uh, which may be fewer and fewer people um, because of, you know, maybe people's uh, just not believing in the Bible, not believing in God's word, not being a true believer, um, that uh, maybe there won't be, you know, millions and millions of, of people leaving this earth. Maybe there will be. But uh, for me, it's the rapture. I, I, I look to that. I think God's going to deal with Israel differently. I'm a dispensationalist. And so I, I see those two things. I, I'm not uh, in the Reformed theology, which, which kind of believes that Israel and the church are the, uh, kind of the same. And we, we get the blessings of that. There's some reasons why, and we can get into that maybe at a different time. But uh, I'm looking forward to the, the trumpet and uh, God taking us out of this, uh, this place. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Who's up next? Was that Don or Ryan? I'm, I'm tripping. I'm still reeling from my loss. So who, yeah, did, I say, who did I say was up next? I think it was me. All right. Go ahead, Don. Well, I think, um, well, how do I answer this? Uh, you know, theologians I've heard speak of uh, what they call a doctrine of imminence. I don't know if you guys have heard about this one or Dr. Booth's imminence means just basically that, that according to the Bible, there's no specific event that has to happen. Um, before Jesus snatches his church from the earth. And just like Jeremy, that that's just like Jeremy, I agree with Jeremy, the Bible teaches that we should be ready for the coming of, of, of you know, his coming at any moment. Um, you know, and I fully believe that. But, um, but it should be noted, though, that with regard to this doctrine, that while no other, you know, no other major prophetic event has to happen before the rapture, that doesn't mean no such event um, will ever happen. And I think the most clearest example or, and evidence of this is the truth about the uh, rebirth of Israel. Um, the major prophetic event that uh, was foretold in Ezekiel 36, 37, I think it was. And, and, and that fulfillment has happened before the rapture. So I think it's certainly possible that other events um, and just to name uh, a clear example that we were just talking about Russia, the war of Gog and Magog. I mean, we think um, that through the scriptures, clues have been given to us that we believe Magog is is uh, possibly Russia, you know, and their alliance, alliance with Iran. And um, I think, you know, that war could potentially happen um, um, before the rapture as well. So... I just think, yeah, we just don't know. We just don't know. But uh, there's certainly things that could ha still happen before then. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Good call out on the on, on the Israel thing. Good, Ryan. 
I agree with both the guys. Uh, Jeremy mentioned the rapture being the answer to the question you posed for us. What what's going to kick off the end times events? I do think it's interesting, as Don mentioned, that there do seem to thing be some things that need to be in place um, that are, you know kind of littered throughout different prophecies in Scripture, and it's exciting for us. And I think when we talked last about end times. The, the booklet that went out, 88 Reasons Why Christ Will Return in 1988. You know, like he, he went line by line spelling those things out. Okay, scripture says, this has to happen, here it is. This has to happen, here it is. You know, so that was kind of neat to see. But yeah, um, since I, I do agree that um, we are not going to be part of God's wrath being poured out in the tribulation, I am, I'm pre-tribulation. Um, and I am also pre-millennial in that I don't think the millennial kingdom is is upon us yet, um, and I think we will be ushered out via the rapture since uh, um, 1 Thessalonians 5 talks about we're not, as Christians, we're not appointed to God's wrath, and that's going to be a clear-cut time of God's wrath being poured out on the earth. Um, as a side note, it is interesting. Um, I know last time we talked about this, I mentioned 2023 as a, as a possibility for Christ's return. Of course, tomorrow is a possibility for Christ's return too, but um, so 2023 is 75 years after the birth of the nation of Israel. So you say, well, what does 75 have to do with the Bible? Not much, but it's a nice round number, right? So I'll say <laughs> it's a quarter short of a dollar. <laughs> it's a nice round number. What kind of come on, man? That's some good theology right there. I love it. Wait, hold on. Right. Okay. Where, where can I get your pamphlet again? Where, where, where's your booklet? Where's your book coming out? Is there a website I can go to? Yes, yeah, so rubberband.com. Yeah, right. Seventy-five yeah. reasons why Jesus is coming back. So, so yeah, I mean, I better edit know. this podcast so it can get out like tonight, so people can hear this. You know, right? You need to be aware. Yeah, it would have been better if it had been seven years. That's more of a biblical number, 40 years, but 75 is also a nice a nice round number. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I think the, uh, of course, we could be we could be wrong in our view. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of great theologians who differ on eschatology, and we, I don't think we're meant to know all these things. It's just like the Old Testament prophets, they weren't given every, every answer to the future, uh, when they when they were given the prophecies that God gave them, so um, good discussions to have. And obviously, I I hope that my view is correct because I I would rather not be around for God's wrath being poured out on planet Earth, though we certainly do deserve it. Yeah, some good feedback. I you know the end times has always been an interesting topic. You know, we've we've alluded to like those you know old school movies that, you know, either inspired fear as a young person and now we kind of look back and laugh a little bit. Um interestingly, Don, I remember your uh oldest sister, Jill, who was my sixth grade teacher, uh, and it's one of the, you know, you, you don't remember everything from all your elementary years, but she she had like a specific uh, I can't remember if it was like a, a in Bible class or whatnot, but she kind of laid out some 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 things for us to think about with eschatology and, you know, kind of ask questions and, you know, hey, does this with this, you know, reference, you know, might be referring to like maybe helicopters or something like that. There was and it was just for me, it was thought provoking, even as a sixth grader to kind of think about uh, think about those things. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think we all grew up in churches that were uh, pre-trib. 
uh, pre-mill. Um, I did have a chance, uh, did for about five years, went to John Piper's church, um, you know, who is, who is reformed um, and, and I believe takes a post-trib pre-mill view. Um, and I think that's, that's where I would land right now. Um, I, I don't think I would anchor my life and my theological you know, or, or, you know, my salvation to it necessarily. Uh, but I do think there's some, some merits for that based on some of Jesus's teaching and, and, and that, uh, Hey, you're, we're going to go through hard times and there's going to be, there's a certain number of martyrs. Um, those who endure to the end will be saved. Um, I think, you know, the lessons, whether it's now, which is a crazy time, or even the tribulation, those things still hold true. Um, ultimately God is still in control, but I would, uh, I would right now fall as a post trib, uh, pre mill, of you. So I think the tribulation will be what kind of triggers the end times and then uh, the rapture will come after that. So that's uh those are my thoughts on that right now. Um, but uh, yeah, in, interesting, interesting to, uh, to consider. And we've got, uh, we've got one more week to talk about um, eschatology and end times. And uh, certainly I think with all the events going on, uh, even talking about Russia and, you know, Don, the influence that they've had on countries, you know, should, could certainly be setting the stage. So um, good, uh, good discussion there. Well, that's a wrap on episode 36 on this, the 27th day of June, year of our Lord, 2021. This was Six in the Mix, talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast content. Review us and leave a comment. Visit our Facebook page at Six in the Mix Podcast and comment on what topics you'd like us to discuss. We are also on Twitter at Six in the Mix Pod. Join us on our journey.